Welcome to CT Church Podcast, where we exist to know Jesus and make him known. Now, I do got to tell you, I guess, I guess in the, the spirit of things, um, how many of you have let the fall spirit get in you? I mean, you're just, okay, how about the holiday spirit? Anybody? All right, can, can, I, can I just tell you like how far our family has already gone? So you may not know this, but I'm a great cook. I am. I'm really good at certain things. And so I've already made a pumpkin and a cherry pie, everyone. Okay, I've made that. We've already had Hallmark movies going on, okay? That was not my request. How many of you like Hallmark movies? Raise those hands. Okay, most of you do, but you just, you're, you're embarrassed to raise your hand. Uh, how many of you, let's do this. How many of you have watched, watched a Hallmark Christmas movie? Raise your hand. Yeah. I bet you it was a plot. You did not, ex- you did not see it coming, did you? I mean, it was like plot twist. I never saw that coming. Okay, but here's where, we, here's where we've crossed the line, everyone. We have crossed the line, and my wife allowed this to happen, and she wants it to continue to happen. It is by far the earliest we've ever done it. She's already playing Christmas music, okay? Now, now let me see my wife's tribe. Who are you? Raise your hand. Oh, my. Oh, there's just a few of you. How many of you have to wait until after Thanksgiving? How many of you would rather never listen to Christmas music? Okay, we'll pray for you too. We'll pray for you too. All right, well, um, next week too, I do, uh, you got to know this. Uh, we have what we've been calling our nation's wall, nation's impact. Super excited about this. For those of you who may not know, we partner with a couple, a family, all the way in Calcutta, India. I have been there. I have visited. It's amazing what they do. And this year, here's what's really exciting. You can see this, 121 children we get to partner with. And for those of you who have been coming the last few weeks, you know that that we're about to open it up to where you can take a child, pray for that child, you can pay for that child, and that wall is going to be ready next week. Okay, so here's what we're going to ask, though, and we'll clarify this, or we'll say this again next week. But I know some of you are ready to pay for all of those kids and go for it. We would love that. But would you just take one um, at first? Just take one, because once that child's taken, the picture will still remain. We'll have a sticker there that says, basically, this child's being prayed for. And we just want everybody to have an opportunity. Uh, It's a lot more than just buying a backpack and a school uniform, right, church? And we believe that there is something that happens when we partner in prayer with people. And so we believe that God's not only going to, ble- or God's going to use us to bless them, but we also believe that God's going to get a hold of their hearts, right? And that's our goal. So that is next week. How many of you excited about that? And like I said, we've been talking to them about possibly a summer trip, two summer trips coming up in 2023, where you could even see the kids that you bought the backpack for. How cool is that, right? How cool is that? All right. Well, last week we started um, a a two-week series, and where there was death, he brought life. And that's really, really exciting for us. And all of us know what it's like to live or to walk around in darkness, don't we? I I feel like... um, Every time I wake up, I don't know, I felt like I was up 10 times last night. My child's teething, or other kids. Anybody with kids know what I'm talking about? And so, so it's like a landmine, and some objects are sharper than they may appear. Can I get an amen? And when you're walking around, how many of you, you don't even have to have had kids, how many of you just 
admit this, you've, you've fallen over or you've stepped on something or you've ran into something in the middle of the night. Okay, yeah, we've all done it, all done it at one time or another. And it really tests your Christianity when you step on something sharp, doesn't it? I mean, I, I ran into a laundry basket. I mean, it was just like, and it was painful. And I'm like, how does that hurt so bad? So we all know what it's like. And wouldn't it be fun, wouldn't it be fun when we're stumbling around in the darkness to turn on the lights and just watch us because of how goofy we probably look trying to find our way. And, and I even look more goofy because I have to wear glasses and I am legally blind, so you can pray for me, but legally blind without my contacts, so I literally can't see anything. And so I feel like a complete fool trying to get around and find my children and find this. Um, thankfully, my last child doesn't use pacifiers, but how many of you guys know there's a demonic spirit that takes pacifiers away? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, feeling around, trying to find a pass. I'm like, where did it go? Anyway, same one with socks. So, here's what's really cool, though, is that Isaiah, Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet, and he's prophesying about a time that's going to come. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, it says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Here's what I love about Isaiah's prophecy. Is that there are people who are walking or stumbling around in darkness, wandering in darkness. They're going through life and they don't really have a clear direction. They don't know where they're supposed to be going. But Isaiah goes a little bit further and he says those who live in deep darkness... How many of you know that there are still people today who are living in darkness? Who are walking around, who are stumbling through life in darkness. And I just want you to know, here's the good news today. And this is what we're going to look at. Jesus did not intend for you to go through life and stumble around in the darkness. God came, God sent Jesus so that there would be life and light. That's what we looked at. In John chapter 1, verse 1, this was our verse last week and this week. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. Somebody say life. And the life was the light to men. That's what the life of Jesus was, is light to men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. How many of you know that's good news? And so here's what I think is pretty fascinating, again, about what Jesus did. Last week we looked at the Word, but this week I want to just spend a moment on when it says the life. Okay, so in the, in the Greek it's really neat because we use the word life in Scripture, in the New Testament, and that's the only word that we have. But in the Greek, there's actually three words that they use. So we'll put those up for you. Three words that the Greek uses for, for life. There they are. So you got bios, physical life, suche, which is soul life, and zoe, which is eternal or di divine life of God. Now I want you to see this because it's important as we go forward. First one, bios, the physical life is actually mentioned the least in the New Testament. 
Now, how many of you would say that in our, I don't want to just say churches, but in our lives, we tend to focus on the physical things? Isn't that interesting? That what Paul and what Jesus and what the Gospels highlighted was not the physical. Now, of course, we believe in healing. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles. We believe in all of that. But really what we want to look at is the Zoe type of life. Because the, the suche right there is, it's the passage that talks about what if you gain the whole world but lose your soul or lose your suche? You lose your life. But the word zoe is the one that takes the lion's share. You're going to see that in the New Testament more than anywhere else when it pertains to the word life. And so in John chapter 1, it says that Jesus was full of zoe and that he not only was full of it, but he gave it to you and I. Now, here's what's really cool. What is this? What is this? How is it defined? It's the God kind of life. That's really how they describe it. The God kind of life. It's where we experience the fullness of his love, joy, power, and ability. How many of you want Zoe type life? And here's why I love that for today. Is that we are focused or are are, a part of our lives, getting through life is to look to the eternal. How many of you know that we are just passing through? Come on, somebody. We are just passing through. It's, it's one of my new favorite lines of C.S. Lewis is, is that we are not a, a body with a soul. We are a soul that has a body. What that does is it changes your perspective. We are just passing through. We are eternal beings. Praise God. I am not staying here, but here's the thing about Jesus, is that when he came, we know that we will have Zoe life in the eternal, but we can have Zoe life now. Can I get an amen from somebody? So I want to show you two moments, two experiences where Jesus, really, you see this manifest, where what Isaiah prophesied about and what John talked about, we will see Jesus walk this out. We will see Jesus minister to people where he is full of life and light. So if, again, you got your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We'll have it up on the screen for you as well. Are you all doing all right? Good day, isn't it? You're going to get filled up spiritually and with ice cream. That's a really good day. And relationally. Come on. How many of you are just thankful for the person next to you? Some of you are thinking about that. It's good. It's good. All right. So John chapter 12, before I give you the verse, John chapter 12, we are coming to the end of the ministry and the life of Jesus. In fact, majority of John's letter is in the last few weeks of Jesus' life and ministry. So it's pretty powerful when you think about that. So we're coming to the end, and I would say, say it like this. For those who have lived with Jesus, for those who have seen Jesus, it's decision time. You know what I mean? It's like when I'm shopping with my kids and you give them $5 and you're going through the toy aisle. After three hours, it's like, it's decision time. Now or never. This one or this one, okay? Or maybe it's for me, too. I have to go down every aisle. Anyway, we'll get to that later. All right. So it's decision time. What do you believe? I love this because even Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? That's an important question, isn't it? 
And so you have to decide, what do I believe? And so John chapter 12, verse 37. This is going to be really important, so I need you to all, all listen, because I feel like this word, this miracle, this sign that Jesus did right here, not miracle, I'm sorry, but this word that Jesus says or shares right here is crucial and very important for where we are located in Lee Summit, Missouri. I really just believe that in my heart. John 12, 37. But despite all the miraculous signs, somebody say signs. Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe him. What? Now, if you go back to that word life, and you look at the physical life, and this is again where sometimes we, we have hyper-focus on the, the physical side of this, but here's what I think is important to remember. Signs and wonders, the power of the Holy Spirit will accompany Those who believe. Can I get an amen? But I would say it like this. Signs, wonders, miracles do not guarantee somebody will believe. Did you all hear that? Because I think that's really important, especially for the American church. That we want, we long for signs and wonders. But listen, these people were with Jesus. (laughs) They saw this happen. They saw the miracles. They saw dead people coming back to life. And, and I don't know about you, but if we saw that in the church, I'd be like, that's enough. Like the whole church is saved now. But these people saw, experienced it, and they still did not believe. Because something in their heart had not yet surrendered. We are for signs, wonders, and miracles in this church. And we believe that that can accompany salvation, that that can open the door. But we also know it's not the mountaintop. Having relationship with Jesus Christ is the thing that we pursue. So listen to what it says. Verse 42. Many people did not, did believe, sorry, did believe in him. However, including some of the Jewish leaders. So basically it says many people believed him in him along with Jewish leaders. And this is really like important to understand again with Jewish leaders because here's, look at what they were afraid of. But they would not or they wouldn't admit it for the fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. And here we go, verse 43. This is going to rock your world. You ready? For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Can you believe that? I mean, thankfully, that just plagued the church back then, not now. I mean, this, listen, church, this rocks my world. This is so challenging to me. Anytime I get up here, I think about who am I trying to please? Who am I trying to please? Like, really, that I am challenged by this. I, I pray before I get up here. And, and, and. I think all of us know how to entertain people. All of us know how to say things that other people want to hear. But I look at this passage, and and here's what stands out to me. It says that the Jewish leaders believed. They believed. Like they, they, they came to the conclusion that because of the signs and the wonders and all that Jesus did, he was who he said he was. 
And yet they would not what? Admit it. They would not admit it. And, and you would think, if it was the first part, for the fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue, okay, you'd be like, well, I get that. I understand that. I mean, it'd be hard to say it out loud. It'd be hard to confess that Jesus is Lord because we'd kick you out of church. Wouldn't that be odd? But that's not why. For they loved human praise more than man's praise. So let me challenge myself and you. Whose praise do you elevate more? I think all of us have a a concern or a fear or a thought at least that goes through our head is like, who's controlling me? So I, I I got a friend. How many of you grew up in church? Raise those hands. Puppet ministry, anybody? Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, I did not grow up doing it, so I'm not, I'm not going to wow you right now, okay? Don't be like, oh, my gosh, I knew it. I knew he was good at other things. Okay, no. But I'm just going to say this is me in a few years, and ties are going to come back. I don't know what these pants are, but they're pretty cool, okay? And I mean, really, I, this is the image that came to my mind. I had to go find this in the kids' ministry because I was like, man, this, this is when I read this passage, when I look at the church, when I look at people in Lee Summit, when I look at myself, here's what I see is I see people like myself who aren't always controlling themselves. Somebody else is controlling them. And, you know, this, this young man, Jonathan, my hair goes dark, and I don't lose any. Y'all see that? That's a prophecy. But this, this man, I mean, any kind of thing that the world, let's just say I represent other people, I want you to vote for this. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And I thought about my life and I think about ourselves and as comical as this is, how many of us honestly have elevated man's praise above God's? And what we think, there we go, lay him down, he can take a nap. What we think, here's, here's what, what we think would empower us is actually imprisoning us. What we feel like, this is, this is going to elevate me socially. This is going to elevate me in my job. This is going to put me in a place of great authority and influence. Really what we are doing is we are putting ourselves in chains. Because we fear man more than we fear God. And I believe that if you were to go through Scripture and you were to examine it, I think this is where the American church struggles the most. Laura and I know of an influencer. If you don't know who that is, they're basically people who take pictures of their lives and make a lot more money than us, okay? (laughs) And we know this influencer who, when some of this stuff politically was coming out, my body, my choice, that sort of thing, is interesting because... um, she basically said that, I don't believe this. This is not what I believe. But if I post what I truly believe, I'll lose followers. I'll lose people. And so I, I, I can't do that. So I'm basically, she's a puppet, isn't she? She has fame. Like, like you guys would know or you guys would see her products. She's popular. She's got money. They've got two homes. They've got it all according to the world. But she's just a puppet for other people. There is no freedom in that. And this is where these people are. 
But here's what I love about Jesus. Is that he can cut through all of the confusion and all of the noise. And those people who are wrestling in their soul. Who are wrestling with, I believe that you are the Christ, but I can't admit it. And honestly, there may be many of you who are at that point. Where you believe in Jesus, but you have a hard time confessing it or sharing it with other people. Verse 44, this is what Jesus says. Because he has a solution to that problem. He says, Jesus shouted to the crowds. If you trust me, you are trusting not only in me, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. Verse 46. I have come as a light to shine in the dark world. To expose the hearts of men. So that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the darkness. Jesus is saying, I have come and I am shedding light on everything that's going around so that you can have Zoe, if you are making your decisions based upon whether or not people will like you, you are elevating man over God. And there is no freedom in that. But if you want to live the way that God intended for you to live, here's what Jesus says, you put your trust in him. And when that happens, how many of you know he sets captives free? We're not just talking about, when we say that, we're not just talking about alcohol and we're not just talking about other, uh, those physical things that there are people in here who need to be set free from the fear of man. Before I go on, I got to keep, I got to just press this a little bit longer. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. We cannot be a people, we cannot be a church that fears man over God. It's bold, and it's difficult, and it's not always easy, but I don't want to stumble in the darkness anymore. I want to be a person that when I get up here, if the Lord says to do this, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm a crazy person, but I'll do it. When you are at work, if, if the Lord leads you, when somebody's filling up on coffee or water, they're standing there, and the Lord prompts you, and he says, go talk to them, share about me to them, you are not going to be held back anymore. You're going to go to them, and it's not going to be weird or awkward. They, the Lord has been working on their heart to receive the word that you're going to deposit in there. You're no longer going to be worried when you show up to family reunions with that uncle or that aunt that you feel like you've burned that bridge. No, Jesus is saying, I want you to have Zoe, and I want them to have Zoe. And you're going to have that boldness full of grace, full of truth to be able to say, you know what, let me tell you about Jesus because I've given my life to him. Come on, somebody. This is what I am believing for all of us. The second scenario, we'll be closing with this. The second one is the adulteress. The first one I called the puppet. The second one is the adulteress. John chapter 8 says this. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered. So picture this with me, just like this. Let's say a crowd gathered. Jesus is teaching. And he sat down and he taught them. And as he was speaking, that's important. So as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. So imagine that this is all playing out right now, that I'm up here teaching, and those doors fling wide open, and two pastors have a woman 
that they're bringing up to the front, they interrupt everything that's going on, how many of you would be awake and engaged and waiting to see what happens next? And I think about this story because here's what they say. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught. Some think that it was a trap set up for her. This woman was caught. Where's the man? Caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? Again, I bet you could hear a pin drop in there. Like everybody's watching. What is Jesus going to say? But here's the thing that I think is so powerful about this is that how many of you believe that the Pharisees wanted to restore this woman? How many of you think that the Pharisees even thought about the woman? They did not care. She was a pawn. She was somebody who had a story, and they bring her up humiliated. If you're caught in the act, then who knows what you are looking like. She's probably trying to cover herself up. Here she is, and the law says that she should be stoned. The Pharisees are waiting, and the crowd is waiting, and the woman's life is hanging in the balance. But here's, again, why I love Jesus. Come on, how many of you just are thankful for Jesus? is that he knows the story of the Pharisees, he knows the story of the woman, and he knows the story of the crowd. Because in the beginning was the Word. He created all. And so it says this, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Who knows what he was writing? They kept demanding an answer. She's sitting there. They're demanding an answer. It's humiliating. The crowd is waiting, and Jesus is writing. (laughs) So he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. Actually, the New King James says their conscience convicted them. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd. The crowd's still here. You need to catch this. With the woman. So they're all leaning in. And the woman's right there. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now, as a pastor, that like stresses me out because I'm like, you need years of counseling and we need to get you in a class and we need freedom ministry. But Jesus is saying, no, I don't accuse you. Go and sin no more. But, but here's what I love. The crowd's watching. Jesus says this. And and that's where we feel sometimes the story has come to an end. But here's what it says in verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more. So to the crowd and to the woman who's slipping through the crowd back to her place. And I can't imagine. Can you imagine the Pharisees? Like imagine the Pharisees so bold walking up through the crowd saying, here's the woman. But as Jesus said to them, cast the first stone, conviction. Imagine trying to slip back out through the crowd one by one. And so the crowd's watching. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light. Somebody say light. He is the life 
and he is the light. Come on, someone. I am the light of the world. I'm not just the light to the crowd. I'm not just the light to this woman. I am not just the light to those people. I'm the light to the Pharisees. I'm a light to the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. How many of you know that the woman heard what she said, what he said, what Jesus said? You won't have to walk in the darkness because you will have the light that leads to Zoe. You will have the light that leads to true life. Would y'all stand with me? I want you to know this morning that you do not have to walk and stumble around in darkness. That Jesus came so that you would have Zoe. So that you would have God-type life. A life that is full of his presence, that is full of his joy, that is full of peace, that is full of direction. In fact, John 10.10, one of the greatest verses ever, Jesus says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what he wants to do. That's what he's focused on. I have come that they may have Zoe. I have come that they may have Zoe. I have come that you may have Zoe, that you would have that type of life and that they may have it more abundantly. Somebody say abundantly. How many of you want that in your life to the full extent? Zoe type life. And how many of you know that there is a world that is still walking in darkness and Jesus having the light within him and the life within him was a light to mankind. And I believe that we abide in Christ and Christ abides in us. Therefore, we are a light in darkness, church. This is what we are called to do. We are called to trust in the Lord, to trust in the Lord and to follow him. And this is the life that you and I can experience. Now, here's what we're going to do before we get back into the song. Uh, It was so cool. Last week, this is the second week in a row, where I just want to give you an opportunity to surrender to Jesus. Last week, we were able to do it. And somebody who goes to the church emailed me, because somebody else in the church had said, hey, last time you, you made this announcement and you didn't do it online. Maybe you want to think about those people online. And so the week after I did it online, and guess what? This lady said that she has a, a friend, a family member who has always watched, who has always, or not, I'm sorry, has not been in church lately, but she was watching that day. She was watching, and this other friend, she was blown away that this person was willing to watch a service. And we don't know if she made a decision or not, but she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. She heard the good news that Jesus is life and light. And so what I want to do is we are here. It's Plaid Sunday. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to dismiss. But honestly, this moment is more important than any other moment that will happen today. Because I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, to surrender your life to Jesus. And we believe that it's the beginning of Zoe. It's the beginning of an abundant life with Christ, where when you go through challenges and hardships, it's an opportunity for you to grow spiritually. It's an opportunity for you to be stretched to even in the midst of difficult situations, you can say, God is still good. So what I'm going to do is this is something that we've done before. If you just close your eyes, it kind of helps us focus. 
And the elders, you guys can keep your eyes open or those team leads. If you're like, you know what, Jonathan, um, I've never given my life. I've never surrendered to Jesus. I've never confessed with my mouth. I've never trusted in him with my heart. Then this is your opportunity. Remember those who believed, but they were unwilling to raise their hand. Unwilling to acknowledge it. If that's you today, would you do something so bold? Would you raise your hand so I can see it? If you're like, you know what? I want to commit my life to Jesus today. If you raise your hand, then I'm going to see it, and I'm going to talk with you afterwards, and we'll, we'll talk about what it means to follow Jesus. If there's anybody, anybody, anybody. Amen. Okay, now, if there's anybody online, we want to do this. If you... If you've never given your life to Jesus, the Bible's really clear that all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and it is a free gift of salvation. We confess that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart, we trust in our heart that he is who he says he is, that he's our king, he's our savior, he's our father. We repent of our sins, knowing that we don't want to live that way anymore. If you've made that decision, would you email us, or would you make a comment in the comment section. Now for the rest of us, how many of us just really want to experience that Zoe life? Come on. If that's you, would you just, along with me, raise your hands like you're going to be filled up. You can stretch them out. And look at, look at, here's what else, else that Zoe life, what we'll begin to experience is that this stuff will start to come off. And that we will no longer have strings or we will no longer have attachments and we can experience life the, God, the way that God created us to. So, Jesus, would you fill us up right now? Jesus, would you fill us up? We want to walk and we want to live in Zoe. We want to experience that type of life, that fullness of life that is full of purpose and peace and joy, no matter what's happening in the world around us. So we thank you, God, that we can experience that together. Thank you, Lord, for filling us up In Jesus' mighty name, somebody say amen. Thank you for listening to the CT Church Podcast. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, or our website at ChristTriumphant.org. We hope you have a great day, and we'll see you next time.